On today's episode, the Chicago Blackhawks signed veteran defenseman Jack Johnson to a one-year deal last week. I'll go over why the Hawks decided to add another defenseman to their roster and how Johnson can have an impact on this rebuilding team. Also get into how each of the Blackhawks' five prospects fared at the World Junior Championship with the tournament wrapping up a couple of days ago. And then to close things out, per usual, to start off the week will be our Mailbag Monday fan segment. All that and plenty more right here on Locked On Blackhawks. Your Locked On Blackhawks, your daily podcast on the Chicago Blackhawks. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to the Locked On Blackhawks podcast, your daily podcast on the Chicago Blackhawks. Today is Monday, August 22nd. I'm your host, Jack Bushman. You can find me out on Twitter at JackBushman2, or you could also go and check out my Strictly Blackhawks account at Talkin' Hockey for all the latest Blackhawks news and updates. And if you're listening to the audio version of today's episode and you like what you're hearing, then please be sure to go and show some support first by following the podcast, which will only take a quick couple of seconds. Literally, just a quick click of that button will be helping me out tremendously. Be sure to also go and rate the show with five stars if you like what you're hearing today as well. And if you're tuning in through Apple Podcasts or through Spotify, then feel free to go and leave me a review. I always greatly appreciate getting some feedback from all you wonderful listeners out there. And the best part about it all is that it's 100% for free wherever you may be listening to your podcast, whether that's through Apple Podcasts, Odyssey, Spotify, etc., It's all 100% for free, and if you go and follow the show right now, then you'll be able to get the latest episode as soon as it comes out each day. And if you're not already watching the video version of today's episode, then you gotta be sure to go and check out Lockdown Blackhawks on YouTube, because each and every episode, folks, is gonna have a video attached to it as well moving forward. So please, if you haven't done so yet, go and subscribe to Lockdown Blackhawks on YouTube. I really would appreciate all the help that I can get. Subscribing helps me more than you all know. So please, if you haven't done so already, go and take the two seconds that it uh, that it takes to go and subscribe to the channel. I really would appreciate all the help, folks. Also, go and smash the like button on this video down below and comment as to who, which of the Blackhawks five prospects that played in the World Junior Championship Which one of them impressed you the most and let me know why? I want to hear about this in the comment section, so please go let me know how you feel down below. Also, go and ring the bell, push notifications, turn those on, so that way you can get notified when the episode gets uploaded to YouTube each and every day. All right, good morning, everyone. Thank you all for joining me on another episode of Lockdown Blackhawks, your one-stop shop. For all things Chicago Blackhawks. And thank you all for making the show your first listen here to start off your week. I hope everybody had a lovely weekend out there and had some nice R&R time away from work. I know Mondays always suck a little bit though. Unfortunately, it's back to reality for us working folk, but uh, hopefully I can provide you with some time away, at least mentally, uh, from work as you start off your week. So thank you all for tuning into the show as always. And to open things up this morning, uh, I know I'm a little behind right now. I only had two shows come out last week. One of those 
was a crossover with the guys from Lockdown Avalanche. If you haven't checked out that interview yet, be sure to go and do so because I basically played 20 questions with those two guys. Uh, they were firing away at me, asking me all sorts of questions about the Blackhawks offseason, the direction of the team, Jonathan Taves and Patrick Kane, of course, the Alex DeBrinkett trade, all that good stuff. We touched on that in the episode. So go and check out that video if you haven't done so yet. Also, go and subscribe to both Lockdown Blackhawks and Lockdown Avalanche. Uh, takes a quick two seconds, and we would appreciate all the support that we can get. Um, so yeah, it, it was kind of a light week last week here on Lockdown Blackhawks. I apologize for that. We're getting back into the swing of things here this week, starting off with a nice early episode here on Monday. Um, and yeah, like I said, I'm a little behind right now. I apologize for that. And I still haven't discussed the Jack Johnson signing here on the show since that went down. So let's get into that to kick things off on the show here this week, folks. Uh, for those of you who still may be unaware, I feel like if you're a Blackhawks fan, though, you are uh, aware that Jack Johnson signed a one-year $950,000 contract with the Blackhawks last week. Johnson's a 35-year-old defenseman, former third overall pick, though, way back in the 2005 NHL draft. Early on in his career, he used to be one of the premier offensive defensemen in the league. And I remember, you know, when I was first kind of just getting into the game of hockey and understanding not only just the Blackhawks, but other teams across the NHL, uh, Jack Johnson was someone who a lot of, you know, people had high hopes for. Uh, he was coming up through his junior hockey days. He was like the premier uh, defenseman in the United States, played for the United States Development Program, played college hockey at the University of Michigan, obviously went on to be the third overall pick, as I said, in 2005. Uh, and he had a really good start to his career, maybe never lived up to the third overall potential or all the hype that comes along with being selected so high, but uh, a good offensive defenseman back in his day. Now, over the past few years, he's kind of just served as a depth defenseman uh, for the Colorado Avalanche. Recently, the Stanley Cup champion Colorado Avalanche, I should say. Uh, congrats to Jack and that team for finally getting their Stanley Cup. Uh, Johnson played in 74 games for the Avalanche this past season, tallying one goal and eight assists for nine points. And of course, that one goal came in the season opener against the Blackhawks, the first goal of the year. Jack Johnson somehow gets left all alone from the red line in, basically, and uh, had a breakaway, goes forehand, backhand, past Mark Andre Fleury. And I think in that moment, all us Blackhawks fans were like, wow, it is going to be a tough season giving Jack Johnson a breakaway. He scores a beauty of a goal. Didn't end up scoring for the remainder of the season for Colorado, which, you know, of course that's what happened. Uh, poor Blackhawks, by the way, get to open up the season once again with the Colorado Avalanche. This time, the defending Stanley Cup champion, Colorado Avalanche. I'm already thinking about hammering abs minus one and a half here in a month or so when the regular season gets going. Uh, tough sledding for the Blackhawks to open up the year. But yeah, that was Johnson's lone goal last season. Uh, played in 74 of the 82 regular season games, though, for Colorado, and then wasn't in the lineup to start the playoffs, but due to some injuries, he wound up getting uh, getting in the lineup down the stretch and, you know, didn't have the biggest role on the ice, but I'm sure off of it, he was very valuable to that team. And I've only heard good things about Jack Johnson as a teammate, what he's like in the locker room, uh, everything that he's been through too, you know, 
For those of you who are unaware, he had some financial issues. Uh, you can go read about that. I'm not going to get too in-depth about it, but it was just a really messed up family situation that Jack Johnson went through. Uh, but I've only heard good things about the guy and, you know, just happy to see him uh, get his his Stanley Cup, you know. Um, like I said, probably not. I know he didn't have too much of a role on the ice, but off of it, uh, I'm sure he was a big part of having that team mentally in the right spot throughout, you know, all the peaks and valleys that that go through an NHL campaign. So uh, that's kind of what Jack Johnson is going to be adding to the Blackhawks. Again, there's not much value on the ice for him anymore at 35 years old, but uh, I wanted to touch on, you know, I'm sure there are plenty of people out there confused and not understanding why the Blackhawks in the midst of a scorched earth rebuild decided to go and get a 35 year old Jack Johnson to add to their NHL roster. It seems a little odd at first glance, right? But I heard Steve Conroy on NHL network talk about this topic. And uh, when Steve Conroy was an analyst for the Blackhawks, there were very few things that I agreed with him upon, but I thought, you know, he was spot on here with, with his take on the Hawks signing Jack Johnson. First off, it's a very team-friendly deal, one year, less than a million dollars. Um, and I get that the Blackhawks clearly aren't focused on winning this upcoming season, and people are kind of unsure how Johnson's going to aid in that process. Well, one thing you got to remember, and both Kyle Davidson and uh, I'm sure Luke Richardson too are, are probably on the same page with his mindset, even though you're going through a, a scorched earth rebuild, we've heard Kyle Davidson say, you know, you can't just have all young guys around. And that's one thing he's talked about with Jonathan Taze and Patrick Kane. I'm sure <laughs> those two personally aren't in complete agreement with how this rebuild has gone and the pieces that they moved and all that stuff. But uh, Davidson said, you know, whether it's true or not, what he said is he, he'd like to have these guys here because he, he still feels they can be valuable to this rebuild um, and getting the prospects ready for the future and helping aid them along the process as much as they would be on the ice. So uh, it's clear that, you know, while the Blackhawks want to get younger and their main focus is adding assets that, that can help them in years down the road, they still understand they can't have just a complete roster full of young guys. They're going to get smashed out there each and every night and not have any leadership or any guidance along the way, even with, you know, only having. Taves and Kane, there's not a whole lot of veterans there. Um, I mean, there's guys like Jake McCabe, Connor Murphy, you know, there are some guys still, but you want to have those prospects be in a comfort zone and have them, you know, having a good grip on how to be professionals. And I think adding someone like Jack Johnson, especially for all the defensemen in the organization, the young defensemen that are in Rockford right now trying to get up to the NHL. And that's going to be a common theme for years to come with how the Blackhawks have gone about rebuilding this blue line. There are so many young defensive prospects in the system right now. And Steve Conroy mentioned how Jack Johnson is a good, good guy for all of those young players to learn from, right? He's been there, done that, been everywhere in the NHL, finally got his Stanley Cup this past season. So has just a fresh taste of what it takes in order to get the job done in this league. And, you know, has been in all sorts of situations, bounced around with a few different teams. Uh, it's been a journey for Jack Johnson, but all that experience, I think, is something very valuable that can be passed down to all the young, the young defensemen in the pipelines right now. So that's more so of where Jack Johnson is going to help this Blackhawks team. Like I said, on the ice, he's not known for his offensive game anymore. He's just someone who can 
kind of go out there, fill in minutes, play on the penalty kill if you need him be. And at the end of the day, again, the Blackhawks aren't really worried about wins and losses. I know the coaching staff and the players are, but organization-wise, they're just focused on the future and how you know this puzzle can all come together and how that process can be better aided. And I think bringing in a guy like Jack Johnson makes sense to help all the young defensemen. And another thing that, you know, it's pretty clear now with this signing is how patient the Blackhawks are going to be with these process prospects. And it's relieving to know there is no rush right now and no one's going to be brought up to the NHL and permanently left there if they aren't a hundred percent ready. And taking a look at the Blackhawks defenseman for next season, Seth Jones, Jake McCabe, Connor Murphy, Riley Stillman, Caleb Jones, those five, you know, are, are locks basically to be in the lineup come opening night, assuming everybody is healthy. You add Jack Johnson to that mix, that gives six NHL defensemen in. We know guys like Alec Regula are trying to make, make the opening night roster. Same with Alex Vlasic. Both those two were really impressive in a small sample size at the end of last season. There's also Ian Mitchell, who spent basically the entire season down in Rockford, which I think was a very wise thing to do from the Blackhawks front office. Again, no rush. Let Ian Mitchell get comfortable on that club, play a very meaningful role, top line minute, top pairing minutes, I should say. Penalty kill, power play. He's going to see it all down in Rockford. And even this year, that it might be another full season for Ian Mitchell down in Rockford, or at least half a season uh, before things probably go a little bit wayward for the Blackhawks in the second half. And then, you know, they might consider bringing some of the kids up. But it, it's just clear that they don't want to rush anything and they want to make sure everyone is a hundred percent ready before becoming a full time NHLer. Um, you know. I get that some people might be a little, again, confused as to why sign Johnson. I thought we were going to have prospects playing for the Blackhawks and give some young guys some more experience. Well, yes, that is true. But again, you don't want to rush them into a situation that they might not be completely ready for. Sure, we loved what we saw out of Alec Regula and Alex Vlasic at the end of last season. I'm right there with everybody. But knowing how Kyle Davidson and everyone involved with this club is going about this rebuild, very patient, no rush whatsoever. It's very nice to know that this is the mentality at all levels right now throughout the Chicago Blackhawks organization. It's nice to know that there's absolutely no rush and we're going to let things properly develop. You don't have to come up to the NHL and be an impact player right here, right now. Like we saw Adam Boquist get thrown into the fire. Kirby Doc, the list goes on and on and on under Stan Bowman's reign. How, you know, these high picks, high first or second round picks were handled. Ian Mitchell was rushed into the NHL, Nicholas Bodan as well. I mean, it really, you know, has not done the team any favors by going with that route. And that's, you know, why a lot of these guys, a lot of the former first round picks aren't here anymore because Stan didn't see the progression right away and decided to pull trigger and, sh and ship them out. And it was just a, a big mistake made by the Blackhawks. And it's nice to know that that's not what's continuing to happen here under Kyle Davidson's helm. So, yeah, maybe we're not going to see Alec Regula or Alex Vlasic or Ian Mitchell much in the first half of the season. Now, one of them very well still could make the NHL roster on opening night if they have a good training camp. Jack Johnson could always be the seventh defenseman, but they're not going to use any of those three, Regula, 
Vlasic, Mitchell, Galvis, anyone in that same boat. They're not going to use those youngsters as a seventh defenseman when they can be playing meaningful minutes down in Rockford and helping a young team night in and night out. So I'm okay with this approach by the Blackhawks. I'm okay with the signing of Jack Johnson. Again, what happens on the ice isn't really relevant. It's just more so about the the development and the progression and making sure that there is a future to be hopeful for. So yeah, I'm okay with the signing of Jack Johnson. It's not going to be anything permanent. And at the end of the day, even if he has a putrid season on the ice, he's still going to be providing some value off of it. So I have no problems with the Blackhawks giving Jack Johnson a one-year $950,000 contract for this upcoming season. All right. I think that will wrap up my take on why the Blackhawks elected to bring in veteran defenseman Jack Johnson. Coming up in just a minute, I'll get into a quick recap of the 2022 World Junior Championship. But first, I need to talk to you all about something serious and also very important, which is the NHTSA Drive Sober campaign that's going on right now. You're hanging out with some of your friends and you're putting back a few drinks. We all know this situation. Few becomes too many. And as the evening comes to an end and people are starting to head out, you think about calling for a ride. But nah, you live nearby. You can make it home okay. It's it's no big deal. And what are the odds you're you're gonna get pulled over anyway? Pretty slim, right? And even so, what's the worst that could happen? Your insurance goes up, you lose your license, you lose your job, you total your car. Stop it. Everyone knows about the risks of driving drunk, and the results are tragic and often deadly. However, That still doesn't stop everyone from getting behind the wheel while under the influence. That's why police officers are out there right now looking for impaired drivers on our roads to save lives. So if you think you're okay to drive after a few drinks, please think again. Play it safe and plan ahead to get a ride. It only takes one mistake to change your life forever or even worse, somebody else's. So drive sober or get pulled over. All right, we're back here on the Locked On Blackhawks podcast. Getting into segment two now this morning with the 2022 World Junior Championship officially having wrapped up as of this weekend. I wanted to be sure to talk about how each of the Blackhawks' five prospects fared throughout the tournament. First, got to give a big shout out to my guy, Ethan Del Mastro, former guest here on the Locked On Blackhawks podcast and a fourth round pick of the Hawks back in 2021. Shout out to Ethan and shout out to Team Canada for taking home the gold medal this year at the 2022 WJC. And what an incredible gold medal game it was against Finland. I mean, holy smokes, really back and forth. The game ends up going into overtime. Finland looks like they're on their way to scoring the gold gold medal winning goal. But no, Mason McTavish knocks the puck out of midair. It was going in. I mean, no way about it. Knocks the puck out of midair, knocks it down, sweeps it out of harm's way to keep Team Canada alive, and then back the other way. Just a few moments later, Kent Johnson ends up being the hero as Canada defeats Finland 3-2. to So congratulations to Team Canada for winning the gold. I know how important this tournament is. and It's important to Americans, but for Canada, it's it's like football in Texas. I mean, it's just, it's just a whole nother energy that surrounds it. So congrats to Canada. Congrats to Team uh, to team Canada and Ethan Del Mastro, excuse me. Uh, Ethan gets a gold medal added to his resume here. He didn't play much of a role for Team Canada throughout the tournament um, when he was in the lineup, I should say. He actually ended up playing in six games, but was, you know, usually 
under 10 minutes of ice time in each of those. But I will say, uh, the one thing that stood out to me for Del Mastro, he had a couple mistakes in the defensive zone, but you know that that's going to happen from time to time. But he was extremely physical whenever he was on the ice, and it was clear that I think he was very aware that his ice time was going to be limited, and he had to make an impact and do whatever it took to make himself stand out when he was on the ice because he was crunching people each and every opportunity that he got out there. And I even saw Scott Wheeler, who was covering the tournament, uh, mention how. Del Mastro was taking people's souls out there on the ice, which you love to hear. I mean, big kid already knows how to throw his weight around, knows what type of player he is. Uh, yeah, I love that game recognition and understanding of himself and also what the team needs from Ethan Del Mastro. I'm, I'm very excited for his future, and I know the Blackhawks are as well. There's been multiple reports saying that they're very stoked about his future. Uh, and they already inked him to his entry-level contract not too long ago. So it's going to be another year of juniors for Ethan Del Mastro with the Mississauga Steelheads. It it really seems like he's going back to be the captain. I don't even think he's eligible to play in the AHL this year anyway. So uh, hopefully it'll be another great year for him and Mississauga. They were kind of a surprising team in the OHL this year, and hopefully they can build off that and, and so can Ethan after coming away with a gold medal here and also having – kind of a, a breakout season as captain of the Steelheads as well. Um, so one last congratulations to Ethan Del Mastro and Team Canada. Excited to see how Ethan is going to progress this year and how uh, he's going to take that next step in his development. As for Team USA, of course, they had three Blackhawks prospects on their roster in Landon Slager, Wyatt Kaiser, and Dominic James. Uh, for Slager, the alternate captain for Team USA, by the way. Uh, he had a really strong tournament, I thought, up on the top line for Team USA. Ended up finishing with six points in his five games played, two goals and four assists. Um, but more importantly than the stats, I think the, the game that Landon Slager played was very telling and also makes me very hopeful for his future. Uh, getting a top-line opportunity for the United States at the World Juniors. And I thought, you know, he handled it well, even though offense isn't necessarily the name of his game. It's kind of more so a com complete package and size and physicality. But Ethan made some very high IQ offensive plays throughout this. I said Ethan, excuse me, Landon. Landon Slager made some very high IQ offensive plays throughout this tourney. He had a couple of great dishes and overall understanding of what he needs to do in order for he and the team to have success, going to the dirty areas, winning battles along the board, going to the front of the net. He had a beautiful redirection goal. He's a big kid, can take the eyes away from the goaltender, make things difficult on the opponent. You're screening the goalie, you know, a defenseman has to be there with you. You can't just leave him all alone. That's very killer, especially as uh, things in leagues progress. You get to the NHL level. You can't be leaving guys all alone in front of the goaltender. And Landon Slager requires attention each and every time he goes to the paint. So that was something that really stood out to me about his game. And I've referenced this a few times on the show when talking about him. Maybe, you know, not top six upside in terms of his overall offensive game. But someone who can, you know, chip in uh, what maybe a third liner who can help offensively. I don't know if he's going to be a power play guy ever, maybe a power play to screen guy. But I just love 
how he's able to just what adjust to whatever role or whatever the team needs. And he can play that gritty game. He can provide you with some offense. He's responsible defensively. He can be a spark plug. He can throw a hit. You know, he can do all the little things that good teams need to have in order to, you know, try and achieve the greater goal. And I, I was just impressed with Landon Slager. Obviously, He's a leader off of the ice as well. Someone who's worn letters in the past, wore a letter in this tournament. So yeah, very impressed with what I saw out of Landon Slaggard. And hopefully he's on his way to having uh, a really big junior season with the Fighting Irish at, at Notre Dame. Uh, of course, Wyatt Kaiser was also on the United States roster. I thought he had a pretty good showing too. A little bit of a roller coaster ride in terms of defense. He, he had some breakdowns, but it's clear what he's able to provide when the puck is on his stick and what he can do in the offensive zone. Someone who can walk the blue line and make smart passes. Uh, Also netted two goals in a a game against Austria and wound up being named player of the game. Those two goals actually match his total that he's netted in, in two years with the University of Minnesota Duluth. So if he can add that shot and that ability to add another weapon from the blue line uh he's got a really dynamic skill set especially in the offensive zone that you know has a lot of Blackhawks fans licking their chops and thinking about what this kid could be one day so yeah I was um I was I was surprised not surprised I was impressed I should say with what I saw from Wyatt Kaiser like I've said a couple defensive breakdowns but there were also some moments where I could tell I don't know if it's overall progression more so as it is how he's just added muscle and weight to his frame since I first saw him. He was throwing some hits out there and handling his own in the D zone. And as someone who's kind of known for being a little bit more offensive, I don't want to say he's strictly an offensive defenseman. He does play a a complete game, but seeing him add that weight and that muscle to his frame, I think that's going to be big whenever he tries to make the step to the next step to the professional level. So pretty good tournament, I thought, from Wyatt Kaiser as well. And then Dominic James, of course, uh, a six-round pick for the Blackhawks in the 2022 NHL draft. He may have only tallied one point in uh, his five games played, but there were, there were things that impressed me from his game too. One of the better face-off men in the entire tournament was the third-line center for Team USA throughout the way. And also proved to be one of the fastest in the entire tournament. I saw a tweet where they were clocking miles per hour or kilometers, whatever it is in Canada, uh, and he had one of the fastest times. And, you know, each and every time I watched Dominic James, uh, when the Blackhawks first drafted him, I was like, okay, you know, for a six-round pick, there could be something here. And then I saw him at development camp where he got a massive opportunity to play with Frankie Nazar and um, Landon Slager on, on the top line during the, during the scrimmage portion on Friday, the last day, and he handled his own and was making some very smart plays, and his speed was something that definitely stood out, and that was the case throughout this tournament as well. And with that speed and the ability to play at that high of a pace, James will always have a shot to make the NHL. It's just a matter of whether or not his hands can keep up and he's able to add an offensive game along with that. So. But with that, with with James being a six-round pick, that's really all you can ask for is having a chance to make it to the NHL. And I think Dominic James has a skill set that, you know, you can't count him out. And again, that's all you can hope for with a six-round pick. So all three of the Blackhawks prospects for Team USA, I thought had a pretty good showing 
Sadly, their tournament came to a close when they were upset by the Czech Republic. So no meddling for the United States here in the World Juniors. The last Blackhawks prospect that took part in this tournament, Victor Haranbor and Team Sweden, uh, they ended up taking home the bronze medal by defeating the Czech Republic 3-1, to a remarkable tournament by goaltender Jesper Wallstead of the Minnesota Wild, one of the elite goaltender prospects in the entire world right now, and he really showcased his stuff in this tournament. Uh, as for Haranbor, though, no points in his seven games played. He mostly served in a depth role for Team Sweden, if you will. Uh, not a huge role for him and nothing that really stood out. I, I got to admit, though, I only watched one or two of Sweden's games. So I can't really say if I was impressed or not by uh, Haranbor. But one thing I will say is, you know, zero points in seven games. Of course, people are going to say, oh, well, he stunk. That's never actually been his game. He's, again, a 200-foot def responsible defensive prospect, uh, someone who, with what he's able to provide without the puck on his stick, has a chance to make it at the professional level. So the jury's still out on Victor Haranbor. We'll see, but um, congrats to Team Sweden, I guess, for taking home the bronze medal. That's, that's really all I got to say about him and, and the Swedes here in the World Juniors. All right. There's my recap of the 2022 WJC. I'm glad they got to get this tournament in after it was canceled last December due to COVID. Uh, coming up in just a minute, folks, I still got to get into our weekly Mailbag Monday fan segment where I answer a question from a couple of lucky listeners right here on Locked On Blackhawks. Welcome back to the Locked On Blackhawks podcast. I'm your host, Jack Bushman. You can find me out on Twitter at JackBushman2, or you could also check out my Strictly Blackhawks account at Talkin' Hockey for all the latest Blackhawks news and updates. Mailbag Monday, segment three on the show today, folks. Per usual, to start off our week, I actually had a couple questions that I wasn't able to get to last week when we were celebrating our 600th episode here on Lockdown Blackhawks. I was running a little late. There were a few more questions that I wanted to get in, but as I tend to do, I ramble here on the show. I apologize for that, but let's get into these questions that I wasn't able to get into last week. Uh, the first question I wanted to answer today comes from Tyler Ordcalf, who emailed in the podcast. Thank you, Tyler, for emailing and reaching out with your question. Tyler asked, out of Ian Mitchell, Alex Vlasic, Alec Regula, Jakob Galvis, Isaac Phillips, etc., etc., etc. Who gets the most NHL time next year and why? Good question, Tyler. And I'm actually, I kind of waited to answer this question because the Jack Johnson signing happened in the past week and that kind of changes things a little bit. Um, but yeah, it's clear, as I already referenced, that the Blackhawks aren't going to be rushing any of these guys onto the scene. But if one of them has a strong training camp and, you know, doesn't allow the Blackhawks coaching staff, doesn't give them an option of sending down because they're just performing so well. That's definitely something that can't be ruled out and, and could happen as well, whether it's Regula or Vlasic or Mitchell. I don't know who it's going to be. They're all kind of in the same boat. But again, this summer, you know, is going to be very telling. And so will this fall as to, you know, which one of those is the most ready to step on the NHL scene. Um, if I had to guess, personally, I think it would be Alec Regula. I think physically he's, you know, I'm not saying physically he's further along than Vlasic. He's obviously a big kid, but Regula already has a full year of professional hockey under his belt. 
Um, he, he's gotten two stints at the NHL level with the Blackhawks. Now, to be fair, the first was only three games, but he's just got a little bit of more experience at that level. And I think also mature, he's more mature in terms of physicality than both Mitchell and Vlasic are. I still think Vlasic's got a ways to go to be able to live up to his true potential of that size, still a little bit skinny. Uh, there definitely is some meat that he could add to those bones. So if I had to guess, I'd probably give it to Alec Regula, but man, it, it really could be anybody out of that bunch. Um, Jakob Galvis is also someone that we shouldn't forget about because I think, you know, regardless, the Blackhawks aren't going to want to use the seventh defenseman spot for one of these youngsters, but Jakob Galvis is someone who already has a lot of professional experience um, he, he's even before he came over to North America, he was playing professional overseas. And there also could be a bit of a log jam. I, I haven't looked at everything on paper, but you got to think too, if none of these guys make the opening night roster for the Blackhawks, it, it's going to be a little bit of a log jam down in Rockford as well. And out of those young defensemen, Jakob Galvis is the one who probably is the most ready to be an NHLer just because of all the experience that he has both at the AHL level and again, playing professional over in Europe. So Jakob Galvis is someone who could surprise in training camp. Once again, he did it last year. I wouldn't be surprised to see it happen again. So we're going to have to see Galvis is probably uh, the ace in the hole there. Someone not to forget about, but yeah, it's really going to come down to training camp. Whoever's the most ready and um, puts the pressure on the coaching staff the most to make a tough decision. I think that's who it's going to be. But at the same time, it also could be none of them. And, you know, they could spend the entire first half of the season in Rockford before the Blackhawks, you know, inevitably make some moves at the trade deadline and then can give these youngsters an opportunity to play some consistent NHL games in, in the second half of the year. The second question I wanted to answer today, folks, comes from Damon E don't have a last name here. Uh, Damon also emailed in the podcast last week. Thank you, Damon. Thank you for reaching out and asking your question. Damon asked, do you think Tyler Johnson is someone who could be part of the future plans or is he going to be moved in the real near future? Thanks. Keep up the great work. Thank you, Damon. I appreciate that. Uh, I actually was supposed to have cap friendly pulled up here because I don't want to misspeak on Tyler Johnson's contract, but yeah, he's someone who's kind of in an interesting spot because Blackhawks still need people to fill up their fill out their lineup for the first half of this year. And Tyler Johnson is, you know, just kind of that. I think he could be the second line center or could be a winger on the second line. He could even be up on the first line. I don't know, but he still has two years left with $5 million cap hit, has a modified no movement clause, uh, submits a 20 team trade list. So it's not the most difficult no movement, no trade clause to get around, but yeah, I don't know if a team out there is going to be willing to, to take on Tyler Johnson at $5 million for the next two years. And the Blackhawks are fine with holding on to that contract. It's not going to restrict them in any way. The one thing I do wonder is, you know, if they do plan on trading Jonathan Taves and Patrick Kane, they're probably going to have to eat some salary. Not probably. They're definitely going to have to eat some salary in order to move those two guys. You can only retain salary, I believe, on two players. Maybe it's three. Um, but they don't have any right now. But of course, if you have to do that for both Taze and Kane, I, I think you're only allowed to do that with two. Maybe it's three. I'm not sure. This is kind of dumb of me to not know this off the top of my head. But I think 
that kind of restricts the Blackhawks options here. And again, no one's going to want Tyler Johnson at $5 million, especially after having the neck surgery. There's probably some concern about that, even though there really shouldn't be, I think. Um, yeah, it, it's probably going to be hard for the Blackhawks to move him for anything worthwhile. And maybe, you know, they just end up giving him to someone for the sake of taking him, but that's kind of detrimental and there's no purpose to that. So yeah, I think Tyler Johnson could be here throughout the rest of that contract. Like there's no rush in terms of the Blackhawks having success on the ice. So yeah, he could just be kind of a placeholder and be one of those guys who could be a, a reason to tune into this team, potentially be one of the few guys who who could be providing some numbers. Hopefully he'll be on his way to a bounce back year, but I, I just think it's going to be difficult to move Tyler Johnson, man, uh, especially, you know, $5 million, no trade clause. I know it's not hindering too much. There are still 20 teams that he can get traded to, but it's going to be a little bit complicated. I think it would also be wise for the Blackhawks to maybe hope and hope that he'll have a bounce back year and maybe his value will go up a little bit. I don't know, but yeah, I think Tyler Johnson could be here at least for, for this season and maybe not the entirety of his contract. That that's definitely an interesting topic. And one to keep an eye on, um, but someone's got to fill out the roster for the Blackhawks as they go about this scorched earth rebuild. And Tyler Johnson seems kind of like a good guy, also a veteran leader who's won Stanley Cups, good guy for the youngsters to learn around. So yeah, I could see this going either way, really, but I wouldn't be completely shocked if Tyler Johnson does play out his next two years of his contract with the Chicago Blackhawks. All right, folks, I think that is going to wrap up Monday, August 22nd's episode of Lockdown Blackhawks. Thank you all again for tuning into the show, and be sure to go and follow Lockdown Blackhawks right now, wherever you get your podcast, and go and subscribe to Lockdown Blackhawks on YouTube, and you'll be able to get the latest episode as soon as it comes out each day. And after the show, be sure to go and tune into the Lockdown NHL podcast for all the latest news and updates throughout the NHL offseason. It's free and available on all platforms, so be sure to go and check out Lockdown NHL right now, wherever you get your podcasts. Once again, thank you for tuning into today's episode. I'm your host, Jack Bushman. You can find me out on Twitter at JackBushman2, or you could also go and check out my Strictly Blackhawks account at Talkin Hockey for all the latest Blackhawks news and updates. And for any questions at all regarding anything related to the Blackhawks or to the show, feel free to email LockdownBlackhawks at gmail.com. You could also hit me up on any one of my Twitter accounts, or you could call 708-653-0572 to leave a voicemail. So until tomorrow's episode, thanks again for tuning into the Lockdown Blackhawks podcast, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day.